Welcome everybody. This is DJ Martin, church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's great to have you with us today as we continue our midweek teaching series on the Sermon on the Mount called A Path Forward. Whether you're just coming across this online or this has been shared with you or you're a member of Parker Ford, we're so glad to have you with us today as we continue through the Sermon on the Mount. Today we'll be in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. I'm sure you've heard these verses before, very famous verses. And uh, the title of of the teaching today is Worry, Concern, and Compassion. Just for a little bit of a review, and I've been hitting this over and over again because I think it's so important. Jesus' first sermon Uh, recorded sermon was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, it's here. We can touch it. We can live in God's kingdom today, now, in this very life. It's not just some future thing that after we die, we get to be in his kingdom. We get to be in his kingdom today. And then the question is, well, how do we live in God's kingdom as if that's a reality today when our world is so fallen and so broken? And I think that's exactly why he gives us the Sermon on the Mount. And he teaches us how to live in persecution. He teaches us how to live when we're being rebuked. He teaches us how to live when we're struggling with various forms of sin. He teaches us how to live in his kingdom in our present reality, which is why we're calling this a path forward. So before we get into the text today, let's pray. Let's invite the Lord to continue to teach us through his word. So Jesus, we are thankful for your teaching. We are thankful for the Sermon on the Mount. We are thankful that you are not only our Savior who laid down his life on the cross, but you are our rabbi, our teacher. We sit at your feet longing to learn to be like you and live like you and to be shaped by your word. And so we pray that you would do that very work within us today. And we pray this in your mighty name, the King's name, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. So once again, Matthew 6, verses 25 to 34, worry, concern, and compassion. Jesus, through this passage, offers us a path forward out of self-focused worry. Our world is filled with self-focused worry. We build walls, we build castles, we build fences, we barbed wire fences, we build walls with shards of glass on the top of them. We have security systems, we have all of these different measures to insulate ourselves from pain, from suffering. Our world is filled with self-focused worry. Jesus wants to offer us a path out of that. He wants to offer us a path out of anxiety over what we cannot control. I'm not sure if you have come to realize this or not yet, but most of the things in your life you cannot control. (laughs) And so Jesus actually wants to offer us uh, a pathway out of the anxiety um, of what we cannot control. And he wants to offer us a path into concern and compassion in its rightful place. So anxiety is when concern and compassion is misplaced. Compassion is when concern is put in its correct place. And we're going to see that through the passage today. So starting in Matthew 6, verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And yes, I know 2020 is crazy, but I think Jesus, in fact, I'm convinced that Jesus is saying the same thing to his people today. So hear it in the midst of your exact circumstances. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? 
Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. God knows what we need. He knows. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Or another way of saying that would be seek first the kingdom of God. You worry, you put your concern, you put your fear on the one place that it belongs on, fear of the Lord. And God will take care of the rest as you live out day by day. Therefore, verse 34, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Who here has struggled with anxiety for tomorrow? Raise your hand. <laughs> we have all struggled with this. Do not be anxious for tomorrow, Jesus says, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. There's going to be plenty of troubles that come tomorrow. Don't waste your energy on what you cannot control. Don't waste your energy on that which you cannot touch or that effect or even live in. You can't live in tomorrow. You're not there. You can only, we can only live in the present moment. We can only be where we are. Now, this word that's translated as anx anxious, anxiety, in, in this passage, um, it, it means to be anxious or to care for, uh, to look out for. This verb is used 20 times in 17 different verses in the New Testament. Only two times is this used in a positive sense. Both times when concern is appropriately about someone else. So it seems like Whenever anxiety, whenever anxiousness, concern, consuming concern is focused on ourselves or focused on others in a negative sense, then it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's only when our concern is actually birthed out of compassionate care for others that it's a positive thing. So the two positive uses of this, uh, this verb in the New Testament are in Philippians chapter 2, verse 20, where the Apostle Paul writes, For I have no one else of kindred spirit who, genuinely, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. So he's, he's saying that's a good thing, to have genuine concern for others' welfare. And that word concern there is the same word that Jesus uses for do not be anxious. So here it's a positive concern. When you are, when you are really concerned about the welfare of others, 
um, in the way that God designed us to be. That's a good thing. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is also the Apostle Paul, he says, but God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. That, that phrase, the same care, once again, is the same verb. And here, again, it's a positive thing. God has designed the body of Christ. He's designed people to have care for one another. Maybe this reminds us of Cain and Abel. After, after uh, Cain murders Abel, um, God says, where is your brother? And, um, and Cain says, um, am I my brother's keeper? And then the resounding answer of God, both in that passage and throughout the rest of scripture, is yes, you are your brother's keeper. That anxiety that Cain felt, where he was obsessed with, with fear and anxiety, it led to the murder of his brother. He was to have a compassionate care for his brother. And this is what God has answered through the scriptures and through the life of Christ, who is deeply concerned for his people, so much so that he literally laid down his life for us. Not anxious, not filled with anxiety, but filled with compassion and concern. I love the passages. We could do a whole series on the times where it says in the Gospels that Jesus looked at the crowds or looked at a person and had compassion in his heart. So that's a good thing. That's that's good when it's compassion. It's not so good when it's self-focused anxiety or fear, fear of something other than God. In Philippians 4, verse 6, once again, same verb, same word, the Apostle Paul says, be anxious for nothing. He just used it in the positive sense. I have no one else who cares for you so much, who has so much compassion for you. I think he's talking about Timothy in that passage. Here he's saying, be anxious for nothing. This is very similar to what Jesus says. In fact, he's probably echoing the very words of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, as you pray, as you commune with God, as you, as you walk with God through this life, allow him to transform your anxiety into compassion. Your self-focused cares about where your paycheck's going to come from, what, what your life is going to be like tomorrow, all the things of, of the world that we're concerned of, let that be con- consumed by God's presence into compassionate care for others. Skajitani, writing about this passage in his little book, What If Jesus Was Serious, he says, Thomas Aquinas, the great theologian of the Middle Ages, said fear causes a contraction of the soul. Fear causes our souls to turn inward and contract. He compared it, its effect on a person, to a city under siege. When an army attacked a city, the inhabitants in the countryside would gather their resources and barricade themselves behind the city's walls. From this contracted, inward-focused position, they would hunker down and hope that food and water would outlast their attacking army's will to fight. Similarly, when we're afraid, we also contract. When we fear anything other than God, fear of the Lord, we contract into self-focused anxiety. We pull our resources inward in a posture of protection and self-preservation. We can only think about ourselves, our needs, and our survival. From this defensive position, we cannot love because we cannot 
give. Let me say that again. From this defensive position, we cannot love because we cannot give because our anxiety has not yet been transformed into compassion. Jatani goes on to say, this is exactly what Jesus wants us, wants to set us free from. When we come to see that our Heavenly Father will take care of us, we will be released from our captivity to self-centeredness. Oh my goodness, our culture is captive to self-centeredness. If there is anything that is enslaving us, it is self-focused concern. Or maybe just our families, like if we broaden it out a little bit, where we are just so concerned about my own and mine, or ours and our own, rather than the compassion of someone like the Good Samaritan, who even though it was his enemy that he saw on the roadway, even though it was someone he, um, in a worldly sense, would never have compassion on, um, was filled with compassion for that person. We need God to transform our anxiety into compassion, and this is what Jesus desires to do for us when we stop being anxious about the things of our life and our own self-care, self-preservation, and when we learn to be compassionate and caring for others. Once again, Jatani says, we will be released from our captivity to self-centeredness. So I'd like to invite you to read Matthew 6, verses 25 to 33, and ask these questions. Are you living as if you are under siege? (laughs) Are you living as if uh, you have to barricade yourself behind walls and self-protect? Ask yourself, who are you sacrificially giving to? Who are you giving time finances, or physical service to in a sacrificial way. Ask who and what is God inviting you to be properly concerned about moving your anxiety off of yourself and into compassion for others? And how might Jesus' teaching today be offering us a path forward? So I pray that you would be freed from anxiety. I pray that you would be freed from self-focused concern And I pray that God would transform our anxiety in this extremely anxious age to be a people of compassion who receive his love and give it freely. I hope you have a wonderful day. Go with God.